The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. So the Mariners are in. That's old news. The new news is we're going to walk through X factors for every postseason team today. We are getting closer. You can smell it. This is everybody's favorite word, the penultimate day of the MLB regular season. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, just baseball show Tuesday, October 4th. Penultimate's got to be the best word in the English language, right? It's one of them. Um, Yeah, I don't have a better word. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one off the top of my head. That's Perfect. a pretty good one. Cal Quantrill, another good one. I love the word high octane, like the, the phrase high octane. That's pretty sick. That is a good one. Okay. But while the Mariners are technically old news because we haven't been able to cover it since they Cal Raleigh hit the walk-off home run for them to get into the postseason. Yeah. But this is news, while it be old, I can talk about forever. I mean, grinning ear to ear watching that, the Dave Sims call. Hey now, hey now. So electric. Cal Raleigh. It's a low scoring game in the dead of night. And the Mariners are going to the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. And I, on this podcast, have almost bashed them a little bit just because I'm holding them to a really high standard of against these playoff teams. How do they match up? Just trying to be as honest as possible. But taking a step back from that, realizing that it has been 21 years since the Mariners have been in the playoffs. What an experience. It's just awesome. That's a good word. It's awesome. It is awesome. And I cannot wait to see them in the postseason. Yeah, they're going to be in the wild card series. It was inevitable that they were going to get in. It just feels really good to see it finally happen. Yeah. And expanded postseason, expanded postseason, doesn't matter. Um, I don't care. No, I mean, that... That Dave Sims home run call was the most electric call in baseball since Dave Sims last year with that Mitch Haniger single. Oh, absolutely. But also with the expanded postseason, they are above the Rays. The Rays have been falling off a little bit, so yeah, they, they would be in that. even if it weren't. No, they hold that second wild card spot, so they would be in. Um, the other one, if you haven't seen it, Rick Riz, their longtime radio voice, loves the Seattle Mariners and loves baseball. Like in the second inning, if they were down 6 nothing, it still sounds like he's invested. I've been listening to Rick Riz for a, a minute now, and his level of buy-in to the Seattle Mariners every year makes him so worthy of getting to call that moment, and his call of that moment was awesome, too. So it was Dave Sims on TV, it was Rick Riz on radio, and it was Cal Raleigh at the plate, man, and Cal Raleigh is going to factor in to how the Mariners fare in this postseason wildcard series 
that they're going to find themselves in. And they'll be taking on to that top wildcard team, we assume, uh, which would be Toronto. It sets up Toronto and Seattle. That's going to be a hell of a series in Toronto, man. I can't wait. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing the ultimate X factor for each playoff team. Remember, it's not the best overall player. I think it's easy to find the best player on each playoff team and just talk about that player. But who is most important for success? If this player does poorly, could it actually mean that that playoff team has an early exit? If that player launches could we be looking at a possible World Series team? That's the vibe that we're going with. But just one more point about the Mariners before we continue, because I just think it's one of the best stories in sports generally, and especially this season in Major League Baseball. But the the Mariners, this is great for them this season, and they deserve it, but the window is just opening. Yes. I mean, we've talked about the fact that their farm system, even though, you know, they traded for Luis Castillo, they did a bunch of these different things and they gave away some prospects. You and Arm spoke about it. Their farm system is still in the top, what, 10, 15, even with gutting their system. I think that's the main point here that the window is opening, but it's not, oh, this is the peak. Here we go, Mariners. They're a wild card team. It's only better from here, right? Yes, because everybody is under a ton of team control right now. I will say that a lot of their prospects were either traded or graduated. So there are only a a handful of guys that could have serious major league impact in that Mariner system left right now. And a couple are very far off. One of them is playing in the World Baseball Classic for Great Britain and Harry Ford. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like and Emerson Hancock is still in that system and they've had some pop up guys like a Bryce Miller that that's in that system. It's still a top half system in baseball, like top 15, but they, they fall off a little bit now, but they were so deep coming into the year. And you're seeing that post or that farm system impact them in such a positive manner. So while you do see the direct correlation between Julio Rodriguez, who by the way, came back last night and George Kirby, who's putting together, if it wasn't for his teammate or for Adley Rutschman, George Kirby could very well be the American League Rookie of the Year. While you see them contributing for the Mariners, you see other guys helping the Mariners, a la Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo, going to get Luis Castillo. That's the beauty of a farm system. Because, yes, they're human beings that are very good at playing baseball. They can help you down the road. But you also have to somewhat look at them as assets. And Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo were phenomenal assets to move at the deadline to get a lot better, and they did it. That's the beauty of having power in numbers. Absolutely. And just one more point on that, too. I was talking about the farm system, and you're right. It is, you know, there's a little bit to be left desired, I guess, in the farm system. But again, to the point that you made, the Julio Rodriguez's of the world, this is his rookie year. You know, George Kirby, his rookie year. And these are some of the better players already, and they're only going to grow with more experience. And I'm sure that being in the belly of the beast in the playoffs is certainly going to help them mature beyond their years as well. It's just a very, very exciting time to be a Seattle sports fan. Imagine if the Supersonics were still there. Uh, well, hey, the NBA has to make their valiant return to Seattle. That's that's right there. And they've got the Climate Pledge Arena now where the Kraken play. First of all, you've got the best uniforms across any of the four major American sports in the Seattle Kraken. Those kick ass. 
Kraken is the best nickname. They all kind of follow this nautical theme, right? I mean, the Kraken, like they've got that nautical theme color scheme. The Mariners have one of the best uniform combinations in baseball with Easily. that color scheme and all that. Like, and the Seahawks, don't get me started. 12th They're man. hot. They're hot. Not Gino, only, you see how he played on Sunday? Gino's a beast, dude. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it is a good time to be a Seattle sports fan. And I think it's a great time to be a Seattle Mariners fan. Like, if you're going to latch on to one team, I've floated Cleveland as the team that you're supposed to latch on to. That's my team. The runner-up is probably Seattle. I agree. The runner-up is definitely Seattle. Uh, before we get into our X factor for every single playoff team, and yes, we did include the Brewers because it's not over yet. The Brewers figure out a way to sweep the Diamondbacks and the Phillies get swept by the Astros. We could see the Milwaukee Brewers enter the playoffs. We'll see. We're but yeah, exactly. We'll see. We're going to take a break to tell you guys about diet smoke. Diet smoke is the solution to avoid those. Oh shit. I'm way too high moments. Diet smoke makes Delta eight THC, Delta nine THC and CBD products that are perfectly balanced. Their gummies, drinks, and vapes are not only delicious. They're guaranteed to give you that beautiful buzz you've been looking for without melting into the couch. They extract their THC and CBD from American-grown hemp, meaning they can ship directly to your door. No prescription, no sketchy weed dealer, no need to even leave the house. Diet Smoke just released a bunch of new products and flavors, so no matter what type of mood you're in, they got you covered. So if you're ready for that perfect high, head over to dietsmoke.com and use code JUSTBASEBALL. That's one word, JUSTBASEBALL, for 15% off your entire purchase. Must be 21 and older to order X factors. So we said it a little bit at the beginning of this, of the episode. Yes. Yes. we, <laughs> Yes, we did. You, you were giving me the nod. I thought you were going to go no, right. I was, I was nodding along to what you were saying, but yes, we did. We said, we're going to talk about the guys that um, it, it feels like their team will thrive or flounder if they skew a certain way. And again, like we're not going to be talking about Aaron judge here with the Yankees. Cause you know, obviously if Aaron judge sucks and the Yankees don't really have a shot here, if Aaron judge goes ballistic, then the Yankees shot really doesn't change because <clears throat> that's the Aaron judge we've seen all year. That's the Yankees that we've seen all year. We have not seen the Yankees play with a cold Aaron judge. We're talking about guys where their performance is most indicative of their team performance. And we handled it in a unique way. I went into it blind. You went into it with the old fan consultation. Mm -hmm. Yes. The fan consultation. So I went on TikTok live a couple hours before we started recording and I, cause I have my own opinions, but I really wanted to include the fans opinions because the fans know their team better than I do. Like for example, when we're talking about the Mariners, when we're talking about the guardians, who of fans of those teams has felt this player in particular, if he has a launching point, this could make them much more competitive. And if that player flounders, that's a real issue here. So yeah. I went on TikTok live and I really collabed with them. Like I had my one that I first came to them and kind of had some arguments back and forth. Some of mine won over, some of mine did not. So this list coming from me is a combination of all the fans that we had on TikTok Live, over 3,000 of you, and myself. And then Jack is coming in with his list. And then we're going to have a back and forth. Because I'm sure some teams will be aligned. Some teams will differ. And there will be other players that we mention here. It's not, I think what I was talking about the TikTok Live is there is no right answer. 
Yes. Right. There's no right answer. We could have one answer we, even if he doesn't play very well and that team still does well. And it's like, well, was that wrong? Not really. It's just who's going to be the X factor. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. And, and a couple of things. What I will say is my answer is the right answer. Okay. So you're, you're wrong. There is a right answer. And number two, wanted to be very clear that Peter is for the people and I am in this for myself. Yeah. So I am very individually driven. Uh, I'm a pretty selfish person, and that's why I chose my own X Factors. Peter, on the other hand, wanted to include you guys. I said, you know what? I don't like them very much. I'm going to bring my own. I'm so awesome. It's unbelievable what I do on a day-in and day-out basis. Let's start in the American League, um, and we're going to start with the Yankees. So these are the biggest X Factor for every single playoff team. Yes. New York Yankees, the fans and I, we went with Garrett Cole. Really, it was my spawn, and I tried to convince them, and they all agreed with me. And this one went pretty quickly. And the reason I say Garrett Cole, there's a lot of different answers here that you could go with, but the one I, it's because if Garrett Cole is the $300 plus million pitcher that he was paid to be, and he can go up against the Verlanders of the world, the Luis Castillos of the world, the Alex Alec Manoas of the world, the Shane Biebers. If he can be better than them, the Yankees can make the World Series. If he gives up a couple of home runs, and whether he settles in or not, it's over. They are a first-round exit. Garrett Cole is almost more important than Aaron Judge. And I'm saying that Truthfully, because the Yankees offense also, I think another X factor is Giancarlo Stanton. I think he's really important for this offense because if he's rolling and he's hot, this Yankee offense is lethal. Yeah, there's another run producer. But if Garrett Cole doesn't perform, they are a first round exit. If he looks like an ace of ace, they are a legit World Series contender. I'm with Garrett you. Cole's my answer. I'm with you on Garrett Cole. He's my answer too. And part of my reasoning was that I do believe that there are too many question marks in the lineup to isolate one. I would lean Fair. Glaber Torres or I would lean Oswaldo Cabrera or I would lean Harrison Bader. But the thing is, I already named three and I can name four more. You could so say I'm DK. Not, yeah, I, I'm not going to go with anybody offensively. My big thing is the big man at the front of the rotation, like you're saying, right? I genuinely believe that the Yankees cannot overcome a sputtering Garrett Cole, just like what happened in the American League wildcard game last year, especially if he's getting the ball in game one and again in game four or five of the American League Division Series. I don't think they can overcome a bad ace. Agreed. Because if you're down 0-1, all of it lies on Nestor. And I believe in Nestor. I think Nestor could be the best pitcher in the Yankees rotation. He has been this year by a production standpoint. We've seen Severino come back. We've seen a better Jamison Tyone. We've even seen Domingo Herman somehow throw innings, but I hate talking about him because he's probably my least favorite player in the entire sport. But it's Garrett Cole, man. You it's need Garrett, Garrett Cole. Cole to be your pace setter, right? You, you need him to get you guys out to 1-0 because, yes, I feel really good in Nestor. I feel elated to have Nestor on the mound if the Yankees are up one nothing in a series I feel like we're pressing and then doubt starts to creep in if they're down 0-1 in the series exactly let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays the fans and I we decided on Jose Barrios if you are a Blue Jays fan just hear me out for a second 
with Jose Barrios. You already have Manoa and you have Gosman and you have Stripling. But we don't know truly what's going to happen with Stripling in the playoffs. But what we do know is that Jose Barrios was paid a lot of money to make starts like this. We think, and I think that we know, that the Toronto Blue Jays on offense are going to hit up and down the lineup. I, I have another one that um, was mentioned to us by a guy, Craig Ballard. He he mentioned one, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. And then the bullpen. The bullpen, I think, is better than I've even given it credit for. It's actually really impressed me lately with Simber, with Meza, with Yimi Garcia, with Romano, with Anthony Bass. So I couldn't really single out a specific bullpen arm. But what has been the Achilles heel for the Blue Jays all season? Maybe what's held them back. It's Jose Brios. We talked about him, one of the most disappointing players in Major League Baseball this season. But if he can somehow turn it around, I'm not saying he will, but that's why he's such an X factor. Because if he continues to give you incredible, horrible blow-up starts, that could that's probably what's going to keep you. Because it can't be all on Manoa and Gosman's shoulders. Yeah. But if he looks good, this is a dangerous Blue Jays team because yeah. everything else looks good. I, I'm going to mention the one that Craig told me and other Blue Jays fans told me about after I hear yours. Uh, mine is Bo Bichette. Hmm. Since September 1, there are two players in Major League Baseball that qualified with an OPS over 1,100. Aaron Judge at 1434 and Bo Bichette exactly 300 points back of him at 1134. Since September 1st, there are two players with a batting average over 400 that qualify, Aaron Judge and Bo Bichette. I think he needs to keep standing on his head for the Blue Jays to continue to stir this drink offensively. And then I think you don't even need to rely on Jose Barrios that much. So you are more in touch with the fans than you might think, because guess who we voted between? It was Jose Brios and Bo Bichette. And Brios won out, but a lot of people thought that Bo was extremely impactful. The one I also wanted to mention, which is kind of interesting, kind of more thought-provoking, but I did agree with him, is when Craig was saying that the top of the lineup we think is going to hit regardless, it's the bottom of the lineup when they give you that production, this Blue Jays lineup becomes un- unstoppable. And with Lordy's out, he was talking about Whit Merrifield. Oof. And Whit Merrifield being extremely impactful because if Whit Merrifield can give you that jolt at the back, this lineup then has zero breaks. But I think I would lean with you with Bo Bichette. Personally, I lean with me because I'm right. And so are the fans with Jose Barrios. But I think Bo is the second answer. But just in your head, remember the name Whit Merrifield because he could be big in these playoffs. Yeah, uh, I I will remember that name in my head because I've been frustrated by him for the last three years. Two, three years. Uh, Frankie Lasagna, honorable mention, stinks for that guy. Frankie Lasagna? What are you talking about? You're kidding me. No. I'm leaving this in the podcast. Good. He's the he's the fucker that dropped the Aaron Judge 61 home run ball. His name was actually Frankie Lasagna. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I thought I thought you were I thought you were giving a nickname to a player on the team. Nope. Yeah. I can't even make that name up as a nickname. Frankie yeah. Lasagna. What are we so doing? I feel so bad for that guy. All right, what's the next team? I feel so bad for that guy. I feel right. worse for him. You know, I, I felt really bad that he dropped 61. I feel worse knowing that his name is Frankie Lasagna. I feel better, kind of. It's kind of electric. <laughs> All right, Tampa Bay Rays. The fans and I, we went with Yandy Diaz. Yanni Diaz is a table setter for this team. 
And he has been one of the better overall hitters in the American League. So what are the Rays built on? They're built on pitching. They have so much of it. You look at McClanahan, you look at Rasmussen, you look at Springs, Glasnow is now back, and then you got Kluber. So you got plenty of pitching there. And then in the bullpen, they have a slew of arms, including Pete Fairbanks, who's my mortal enemy, not only because his name is also Pete, but he stares into my soul when he pitches, and he is the Yankees' real-life father. So he's my mortal enemy. But Yandy Diaz is so impactful in this raised lineup. And I always have felt throughout this entire season and moving into the playoffs that maybe the the most underrated unit of all the units in the playoffs is this raise offense. While there's not a lot of names that are sexy, when Yandy is rolling, when Wander is rolling, when Randy is rolling, and if G-Man Choi can figure out a hit, they have enough pieces there to at least score enough to make a lot of games interesting. And I think if Yandy doesn't show up, this Rays offense almost has no chance because Randy can't do it on his own. The Rays have done all this and got to this point mostly without Wander the entire season. So he's almost like an added cherry on top. And while I think he's going to be great and has been really good in at least the past couple of weeks, but I felt that Yandi, especially in that leadoff spot, is incredibly, incredibly impactful for the Rays. Yeah, so I'm going to go with another hitter. And, and contrary to your thinking, I actually do think that Randy Arozarena can do it all by himself. Okay. And Tyler Glasnow, I think, is the mainstream pick. I wouldn't fault anybody for saying that Tyler Glasnow is the X factor because there's no wrong answer. Back. There's no wrong answer, and, and Glasnow is the one that immediately fills a spot in your rotation for however many innings. And that's great. But we know how freaking good Randy Arozarena is in the postseason, And we know that the questions about Tampa, you say that they're an underrated lineup. I say they are a highly questioned lineup. They've been questioned all year long, including myself, because this is the same team that ran out Yu Chang and Jose Siri and even what are you I doubting him. Siri? Yeah, what oh, are you doing? Ed I Yu think Chang. Jose Siri is my yeah. trap. And you check sometimes rakes, sometimes meaning once every 40 games. But this is a, a team that you would laugh at the lineup card every now and again over the summer. So they let off with guy, Vidal Brujan yesterday. They, they let off with Vidal Brujan. They recalled Vidal Brujan after the AAA championship for the Durham Bulls. Shout out the Durham Bulls on and he's that. Leading off. So that tells you all you got to know about this Rays offense. They lack that star power. Randy Rosarena is a superstar in the postseason. He has proved that over the last two postseasons. If he goes nuclear again, everybody derives energy from that. Are you feeling Randy, baby? I totally get what you're saying, and Randy is a great choice. The only reason I didn't is because we haven't seen Yandi yet in the playoffs perform at a level like he has during the regular season, and I almost penciled Randy in as amazing in the postseason. So maybe that's on me, but that's how I thought about it was it's Randy Rosarina, then there's Babe Ruth in the postseason. So I thought to myself, well, I, I am almost positive he's going to hit and if Yandi hits as well, this is a very underrated offense. Randy or Rosarena could hit 140 during the regular season, and I would still have supreme confidence in him in the postseason. Same thing with Madison Almost Bumgarner. More. I think more. If, if you took Madison Bumgarner right now and put him on a team in the World Series, I'd say, you know what? Run him out three times. Just start seven of them. 
<laughs> Can you imagine the Astros just grabbed him and then it was like Verlander, then Madison Bumgarner? Dude, I'm like mean, over Framber. <laughs> like World Series Madison Bumgarner. I don't give a shit that he sucked I, this year. I don't give a shit either. I would go with him. Should we move on? <laughs> yeah. Ale Central. Cleveland Guardians. This one is a fan vote. Because I thought of a bunch of different ones. And Guardians fans and I came to this conclusion, and I loved this from Guardians fans. This is probably my favorite one. Josh Naylor is the biggest X factor for the Guardians moving into the playoffs. What do the Guardians lack? Not much. They're really good at defense. They they run the bases like madmen. They have good starters. They have a phenomenal bullpen, and none of them strike out. But they need some thump. And Josh Naylor is the guy to provide that thump. He could have made our most improved players. I mean, a couple of years ago, no, Josh Naylor was non-existent, and now he hits fourth. Oscar Gonzalez can give you that pop. Of course, Jose Ramirez is the answer here of being a crazy X factor. Like, but we know he's going to hit. You can go through the lineup with Quan, Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, but all these guys. Not that they do the same thing, but their game is a little bit similar, right? They put bat to ball, they spray the gaps. But you need some home runs. You need them. And who's going to provide them? Josh Naylor. If he goes off, especially in the power department, this is a dangerous Guardians team. And I sprinkled on them to win the World Series at plus 3,500, by the way. So for an exactly identical reason, I'm going with Jose Ramirez. Okay. Exactly identical. I This team has more table setters than any other lineup in baseball. Table setters do nothing if nobody's going to sit down at the table and eat. And Josh, what a quote. <laughs> I what mean, a quote. think about table setter, right? You're setting a table for what? You're setting a table for a feast. You need somebody to eat or else it just looks like a really nice table. You need it to serve a purpose. And J-Ram has not served his purpose as of late. That's my big thing. You say we know J-Ram's going to hit. I say, do we? Are we sure? In 29 games in September, J-Ram hit 229. He needs to impact the ball. He needs to drive in everyone. I don't want to bank on Josh Naylor. I want to be very surprised and ecstatic when Josh Naylor goes ballistic. But I expect Jose Ramirez to be the run-producing anchor. And I think for this team to have magic happen, J-Ram needs to make magic happen. I think we're both right. Because we're on the same wavelength. We're talking about the same guy. We're talking about the same thing here. Yes. The Guardians need the power. They need, you know, when you come to the table, who's going to be chowing down? And that has to be the middle of the lineup for the Guardians. That includes Jose Ramirez, and that includes Josh Naylor. Yes. Let's move on, because we ain't talking about the Twins of the White Sox, unfortunately. Let's go to the American League West. Hey, how about Tony announcing his retirement? Yeah, you want to talk about that for a little bit? How do you feel? I feel like uh, a lead... <laughs> dumbbell was lifted off of my sternum i feel so good man the white Sox next year are gonna be so good right no probably not <laughs> they're probably just gonna shit on my hopes again don't cease those a good picture all right houston astros this was also another fan vote because i was kind of confused i thought i could go a bunch of different directions but I think the fans and I came to this not as similar as Josh Naylor because Josh Naylor really was from them. 
while I came to this one and the fans kind of came to this one at the same time, Alex Bregman. What do we know about the Astros? Again, I always come back to this. What do we know about the Astros? They're going to pitch, which is funny because you think about the Astros and you think about the offense. But when you have Verlander, you have Framber, then you have McCullough Jr. coming back. You have Luis Garcia. You have Christian Javier, who is my dumbest take ever. He's been phenomenal. Thanks for admitting it. Oh, I've admitted it like 60 times. I feel like every episode I'm admitting that that was a terrible take. <laughs> Did we forget about Ian Anderson for a second? But we'll continue. <laughs> We know about the bullpen. It's been the best bullpen in Major League Baseball by production. If we're looking at ERA, we're looking at a bunch of stats. This bullpen is lethal. And the offense is great. And we know that Altuve is going to hit. We know that Jordan's going to hit. And I think we know that Kyle Tucker is going to hit. But if Alex Bregman rakes, they could win the World Series. If he doesn't hit, the offense isn't as scary to me. It's not as scary to me, I'll be honest. Losing Michael Brantley sucked. Yes, it's uh, not been talked about enough. Losing Michael Brantley does not help, especially in the playoffs where Michael Brantley looks like a god. Yeah, you know Jeremy Pena is another answer here, kind of for similar reasons. You know, Yuli Gurriel is just not the same guy. Chas McCormick, Mauricio Dubon in the outfield is just—it's not the same offense in Houston that we're expected. While you know admittingly they have great numbers because they are a great offense. But I think if Alex Bregman rakes along with the rest of these guys, they could win the world series. If Alex Bregman doesn't hit, they're a little vulnerable. They probably still make it because they're the Astros, but (laughs) I think they're, I think they're more vulnerable if he specifically doesn't hit. So I was going through the checklist of been there, done that. And I was thinking about all the guys that have been there in the big moment. And Bregman has been there in the big moment. Altuve has been there in the big moment. The entire starting rotation has been there in the big moment, right? I mean, Javier was great last postseason. Framber was great last postseason. We know what kind of stuff McCullers can do in the postseason. And Justin Verlander is Justin Verlander. Luis Garcia, also great innings in the postseason. Uh, Jordan Alvarez has been there. Altuve obviously been there. Kyle Tucker has been there. The two guys that stood out that haven't been there are Jeremy Pena, who I didn't go with, and Trey Mancini, who I did go with. Mancini's my big X factor for Houston. Huh. And why I say this is because he sucked in September. Yeah. 24 he games, he hit 160 with a sub 600 OPS, two homers, five RBIs in 24 games in September. I really feel like everybody else knows what type of environment they're getting into. Trey Mancini's never been in this type of environment. And if Mancini at the bottom of the order as a sneaky run producer can catch fire, there's no break. We sure he's going to play. He should. Should. Would you play him if you're the Astros? I would have it be a touch and feel thing. I would play him in game one of the ALDS. If he stinks, then you have a decision to make. If you do opt to play him again and he stinks, then you might not play him. But I do feel more comfortable with Trey Mancini manning a corner outfield spot than I do Mauricio Dubon. Yeah, well, I mean, Dubon gives you the... Gives you the defense, which is very important, man. Like, I mean, that's a guy that's not going to be phased by the moment. No, he is the moment. 
Yeah. Also, just a cool stat about Altuve before we move on to the Seattle Mariners. Jose Altuve has a 162 WRC+. plus. You know where that ranks in his career? Best, better than his MVP season. I saw that on Twitter. Who tweeted it? Was it on Twitter? Yes. I will find who tweeted it. Jose Altuve has a 162 WRC+. plus. When I was going through the stats today to figure out who I thought, I just, I was like, what the fuck? Fuck. 162. Better than 160 in his MVP year. Yeah, it was foolish. Jose Altuve has a 162 WRC plus two points higher than his 2017 MVP season of 160. God, I love foolish baseball. Foolish is so good. Um, He had a reply to to Passin. I'll find it here. Uh, He's one of the funniest people alive. He is so He's the funniest baseball person. He's so ridiculously funny. Here we go. Uh, Passin tweeted on September 22nd about the Dodgers picking up uh, Daniel Hudson's club option. And he said, LOL, if you love Daniel Hudson so much, why don't you write a book about him? He was one of the the stars of the arm, which if you haven't read it, that was Jeff Passan's magnum opus. It dove into Tommy John surgery and all that. And like half the fucking book was dedicated to Daniel Hudson. That made that tweet so funny. It was hilarious. He has so many good one-liners. He, we could, we can make this a whole episode of how good foolish baseball is on Twitter and make sure, you know, he's got a YouTube. I just saw that he posted. I haven't been able to watch it yet, but I love his baseball bits. Um, I think he's got one about Evan Gaddis's triples that I've been meaning to watch. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. Go follow foolish baseball on YouTube and on Twitter. He's you'll, you will not regret following that man. If you Great love guy. baseball, um, and I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're already well aware because yes. he's, he's one of the biggest out Seattle Mariners. This one is tough. This one was tough. And the fans and I came to two. And I fought back against the fans on this one. They really had one. I had one. But then we kind of came to an agreement because they were like, yeah, I mean, you could go either way. The one I thought of is Ty France. The one they thought of is Mitch Hanniger. But we're for the same reasons, right? We expect Julio to hit again, expecting Julio to hit, which I'm sure you might have something about that a little bit later when we go to you. What are the Mariners built on? It's pitching and bullpen. So I didn't really separate them. If Robbie Ray doesn't have a good, good start. Well, you got Castillo Kirby and and Logan Gilbert in the bullpen. If Penn Murphy doesn't pitch very well, doesn't really matter because they got Paul Seawold and the entire crew, but on offense, who's really important. And when Ty France is hitting, this Mariners lineup is dangerous. When Mitch Haniger is hitting, I don't know if it's as impactful as when Ty France is standing on his head. That's why I went with Ty France, but Mitch Haniger at the same time could stand on his head even more than I might think. That's why I think both are really good answers, but I decided on Ty France. What say you? I say Robbie Ray, and here's why I say Robbie Ray. Wrong. I don't think so. Please allow me to say my piece. After all the Robbie Ray hate, the biggest X factor in the playoffs for Jack McMullen is Robbie Ray. The yeah, Mariners. Do you think because I like full that? circle? We're coming full circle here. No, we're not. I mean, I what don't a season. have to like the X factor. <laughs> yes, I said favorite player on the Mariners is Robbie Ray. Then you would say, what's gotten into you? Are you on that diet smoke pack? And I'd say, no, I'm not. Use code just baseball. 15% <laughs> off. 
Um, no, I say Robbie Ray because of the, the format that they find themselves in. They didn't win the AL West. So they're in the wild card series. Wild mm. card series is best of three. You lose game one, you are toast. That's how I view it. I mm. think Robbie Ray, if not game one, if they go with Castillo game one, Robbie Ray starts game two. Mm. And I think that the fact that you have to rely on Robbie Ray to get you halfway there is frightening. Which Robbie Ray are you going to get? You know, is are you going to get the Robbie Ray that allowed six runs on eight hits and three walks on Sunday? They need every starter to make it out of the wild card round. And, and say Luis Castillo throws exceptionally well and they win game one. Robbie Ray doesn't. They lose game two. You head to game three against Toronto with a rookie pitcher in Toronto. You feel good about that? Yeah, I think I know it's Kirby, but I love Kirby. You feel good about a rookie pitcher in a must win wild card game in enemy territory? Yeah. You pair me, you give me Kirby and Gilbert and that Mariners pen against Stripling. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. I might go Mariners money line in that game. Oh God, craziness! All Do right, you not? Go. You go, you go, Blue Jays. It's terrifying, man. It is terrifying. You're you're not wrong. It's terrifying. That's why I go Robbie Ray. That series is going to be so sick. It's going to be so sick. Mm, it's just it's just different forms of baseball colliding in Toronto. Oh, can't wait. Castillo and Manoa game one is going to be so stupidly electric. Playoff baseball. There is nothing like it. Nothing there is like nothing it. like it. Oh, can't wait. But you convince me. You convince me because of the format. You are totally right. There we go. You are totally right. There I guess go. my thinking here was all of the playoffs, seven games here. But we have to think about it in the format that it is. And I think in the format that it is, you are right. But I'm more right. So we'll I want everybody to acknowledge that Peter not only sided with me over himself, but he sided with me over the public. No, no, I, I sided with myself at the moment. I'm so I'm much just saying, I'm just saying I went from your wrong to your right, but not as right as me. Okay. There we go. <laughs> National League, New York Mets. This one is a, also, when you get to these really, really good teams, it's hard to find one, right? And there were a lot of good answers when I talked to the fans. You know, Jacob deGrom came up. Like, I think you and Fink, Fink really worded it perfectly about the humane aspect that he's looked human lately. But my thinking was there with DeGrom, like even if the Mets lose game one, they still have Scherzer and they still have Bassett. You can win those two games. So I didn't view DeGrom here, even though maybe that is the answer, but I didn't put him in there. I thought to the bullpen, you know, Edwin Diaz and Adam Ottavino are extremely important to lock down the end of games but I couldn't really decipher who. Ottavino is honestly a great answer, but I tried to stay away from specific bullpen arms because when I thought about it, it's more just the Mets X factor is the bullpen. So I just, whether one of those should be the answer or not, I just stayed away from them. So I went to the offense and I asked Mets fans specifically, what is more important? Is it Nimmo getting on base? Is it Pete Alonso with the power? Is it Jeff McNeil continuing to stand on his head and it's just a point away from Freddie Freeman in the batting average department to win the batting title? But the name that kept coming up is Frankie Lindor. 
not only from an offensive standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, from an energy standpoint, if Francisco Lindor doesn't show up and, you know, another guy, 300 plus million, 341 to be exact, if he doesn't show up, the Mets offense as a whole, if it falters, people are going to be looking at him and saying, hey, you're getting paid a million more than Tatis. And on, right now, it's looking pretty good because Tatis isn't playing Major League Baseball. But just in a, you know, looking past that, Frankie Lindor is the X factor for the New York Mets. Yeah, the, the public and I are on the exact same train, man. Yep. Exact same train. Uh, like it or not, you fuckers are with me till the end. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Frankie Lindor, and I took a lot of what Fink said on yesterday's show. He said the lack of Starling Marte is so apparent in this lineup. And you look to the two hole and you look at what Francisco Lindor does. And he went 0 for 5 with two punch outs in in game three of that series on Sunday night in Atlanta. I trust what McNeil and Nimmo do in their roles. I trust that Pete Alonso can play whoever the hell's on base when he's up. And if DeGrom or Scherzer struggles, there's no regrets there. There's nothing you can do. Like, what am I going to do? Not pitch Jacob DeGrom, not pitch Max Scherzer. What I will think, what I do think would would ruminate in, in Mets fans' heads is a shitty wildcard series from Frankie Lindor, where you think, is it was it worth it? Was it really worth it? You're not saying, was it worth it with... Scherzer you're not saying was it worth it with DeGrom you're not saying like was it worth it with Nimmo and McNeil or you know under team control right now or or Pete Alonso who's under team control you're saying it about the guy that you just extended to stupid money a couple years ago and I just think that his impact will reign and his struggles would be far more toxic than an Eduardo Escobar or Mark Canna yeah like <laughs> A lot of a lot of Mets fans uh, were saying Eduardo Escobar. Like how? I mean, it's great if he does well, but if he and, doesn't, it's not the end. And he's and he's hitting so well right now. In the last right couple right of now. months, he's been really good. But you he's know, I just don't think we're sitting here in January. That. I don't think we're sitting here in January, and Mets fans are saying "fuck Eduardo Escobar." I think they're <laughs> saying, <laughs> like, I think they're saying You'd "fuck Francisco Lindor" if he struggles. Mets fans, you'd be surprised. All right, let's move on to the Atlanta Braves. This one might be my favorite because, again, a lot of different answers here. What are the Braves built on? Well, they're built on everything, similar to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're just an elite team who don't really have a weakness from top to bottom. There were a couple of decisions here because, again, I'm not going to pick anyone from the bullpen, although Kenley Jansen is a big X factor. I'm not going to pick him because even if, like, let's say he struggles in one game, like, they just have so many other bull, but, like, they could just put Russell Iglesias there. You could even put Minter there. I mean, Minter is so good. Minter's gross. But, so I thought to myself, well, Max Fried's going to dominate because that's what he always does. But Strider's a little bit injured. So I'm not going to say Strider. A lot of bit injured. A lot of bit injured. But I guess he's supposed to play in the playoffs. He's working his way back. I think we will see him in the playoffs, but I don't think that we'll see him for six innings throwing 100. We might. I wouldn't be surprised. But I just, if history, you know, repeats itself, but some of these guys, they're just so far ahead of the game at this point that history won't repeat themselves. But if it does, I'm not expecting a 100% strider. Yeah. Kyle Wright is a good answer. 
But you know who I went with the Braves? Playoff Chuck Morton. Charlie Morton. If Charlie Morton looks elite, 39-year-old Chuck Morton, if he looks really good for the Braves, they could win the World Series. Charlie Morton, when he's on, is disgusting, especially in the playoffs. Like, if you're talking Randy in the playoffs for the Rays, we got to talk about Chuck Morton for the for the Atlanta Braves. I think that he is an enormous X factor, especially with Strider's health limitations. Yeah. Kyle Wright is definitely important, and if you said Kyle Wright, I think that's the right answer too. But if playoff Chuck is playoff Chuck, they could beat the Dodgers. Yeah, I I honestly don't think it's that close. I think it's Charlie Morton by a country mile. Here. Okay, and I I think that it could be a, a teensy bit more up for debate if Strider was healthy because Morton would be the four in this rotation with it going Freed, Strider, Wright, Morton. But now I think Charlie Morton's forced into being a three, and I know that he's got insane playoff success. That is typically followed by a good year. And I know that Charlie Morton threw a decent amount of innings this year and, and racked up over 200 strikeouts. But, you know, this is the Charlie Morton that allowed nine hits in four and a third innings on Sunday night. Like, he has not been the Charlie Morton of years prior. And I don't think that that's age catching up to him because I think he's timeless. I don't think that that's repercussions from a broken leg. Uh, again, because I think he's timeless and I think he's a robot. But I do think it's just a, a down year for Charlie Morton. And the question is, does the down year bleed into the postseason or can he start with a blank slate and be the Charlie Morton that we've been accustomed to since he was lights out for, for Houston in 2017? Remember a month ago? What bet I placed? No. Charlie Morton to win the Cy Young and the Braves to win the World Series and Morton to win World Series MVP. <laughs> One of those. Atlanta Braves plus fourteen hundred to win the World Series. Okay, they now have the they now have the third best odds in baseball. So you've got Atlanta plus fourteen hundred and Seattle plus no Cleveland plus thirty five hundred. Yep. I don't think both teams can win the World Series. I think only one of them, Max. That's what happens. I mean, for example, on Sunday Night Baseball, the Braves were down three one, and I bet Braves money line live at plus two seventy, and then in the top of the ninth inning, it's five to three. And the Mets were plus 11.25. So I sprinkled on it because now I'm in a position that if the Braves win, I lose a little bit, but I make it up on plus 270. If the Mets somehow found a way to come back, I make almost more. I made, I would have made more than I would have bet on the Atlanta Braves. So if Atlanta or Cleveland wins, like if Cleveland wins and Atlanta loses, it's totally fine because plus 3,500 blows that out of the water. If Atlanta wins and Cleveland doesn't, which is much more likely, I still make money. So hedging your bets. What if it's, if it's Atlanta versus Cleveland, I am so in the money because then I'm just going to hedge it with money line and I'm just going to be a king. Sort of like my guy, Cal last starts today. As you're listening, Gross. the arm playoff bet or the arm VRA bet three, four, two. He's at three four two right now. Three four two going up today against the Royals. Dude, he's gonna get it. Is he getting it on like a butt cheek or something? Where is he getting it? Forehead. No, he's not. 
I know. I don't know where it's going to be. Also, if he lands on three five zero, actually, I might just get it with him. Cal's earned it. Cal's earned a place on your body forever. Yes. Senile Peter pointing to his right ass cheek, saying, "Do you see that?" Yep. Cal Quantrill had a three five zero ERA. It's not going on my ass cheek. That's disrespectful to Cal. Arm can do that. I think it's going to go somewhere visible on your heart. It might be on my heart. <laughs> you disgust me. <laughs> okay. Phillies, really, really interesting one here, but I almost feel like this is a no-brainer. But it could not be. We'll talk about it. Ranger Suarez is the answer for me. What are the Phillies built on? Offense. You could pick apart who's really important. Harper is incredibly important for this offense because he has not been very good lately. And if he goes nuclear, that is definitely an X factor. If you say Bryce Harper, that's also the right answer here. You go, who in the offense is super important? Gene Segura, definitely. You know, Bryson Stott, easily. Kyle Schwarber. But then that's what I'm doing here. I'm just like, if all of these guys go nuclear, Reese Hoskins, Alec Bohm, and I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to touch any of the guys on offense. In the bullpen, Sir Anthony Dominguez is crazy important. David Robertson, crazy important. Jose Alvarado, really important. But again, I'm not picking out a specific bullpen guy. So I go to the rotation. You got Wheeler and Nola. And my guess is, in a wild card series, the Phillies, you're going to win one of those games with Wheeler, and you're going to lose one of those games with Nola. But either way, you could win with Nola, lose with Wheeler. I don't know. Both are elite. Game three, Ranger Suarez. And if Ranger Suarez has been as good as he has been in the second half, we could see the Phillies in the DS. Ranger Suarez is so, so impactful. The more I think it out, the more I think it has to be Ranger Suarez. So, yeah, comma, but. Comma, however. With, like arm. Yeah, comma, however. With every ounce of my being, I want to witness a legacy cementing postseason from Bryce Harper. Yeah. Every, every single ounce of my being. And how would I feel if the Phillies got a win in game one of the wild card series with Zach Wheeler on the hill? Game two, Nola goes seven. We're tied 2-2 in the eighth. And Harper sends one to the stratosphere for like a 2-3 run homer. Bigly smile. There's just something about Bryce Harper and, and him at the plate in the big moment that makes me think, this motherfucker don't miss. And nope. quote Snoop Dogg, right? I just, if he doesn't miss, the Phillies have this lightning in a bottle. The Phillies offense has also been very good without him. That's my thing here is that you have so many good weapons in the lineup. It's so deep. It's so loaded that if Harper doesn't show up, the Phillies can put up six, but they could put up nine with him. That's why it didn't work for me. I feel like you're putting him in there because you want to see him play so well rather than truly who's the most, who's the biggest X factor because Bryce Harper is probably probably, you know, maybe the most important player, kind of like judges for the Yankees. I feel that they're, they're very similar here. That if judge doesn't hit, could, ah, uh, no, that's, no, never mind. I'm wrong there. The, the way I that know. I view it, I view it very similarly. So Draymond Green has been, you know, pretty public. Like there was a video circulating at, at one point. He was asked about Kevin Durant joining them in Golden State. And Draymond said, I I genuinely believe we would not have even sniffed an NBA Finals win again if if KD didn't join us. Like, 
you know, they, they had confidence, but like we wouldn't, I don't think we'd be in the position that we were in to be a dynasty if Kevin didn't join us. That's how I almost view Bryce Harper with this offense where, yeah, the offense is good, but no shot they can be contenders without Bryce Harper. I I guess I just have so much respect for this Phillies offense this year, especially like if Nick Castellanos hits, he's another X factor. If he hits, he has, it. which yeah, he won't. I don't know if he does. He's he been, might. he's an X factor too. I mean, yeah, he's tough. definitely an X factor. I mean, you just got Reese Hoskins. Who's 30 and a hundred again, Alec yeah. Bohm rakes, Carl Schwarber, Gene Segura. They just, their offense is so loaded that, but I agree. It's not, it's definitely, it's definitely a good answer. Yeah. I added the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, whether they deserve it or not, they're still in playoff contention, technically. I'll make this as quick as possible so we can move on. Okay. Christian Yelich. Let's see what you're made of if they get in. I also had Christian Yelich, and so did Brewers fans. Let's fucking see it, Yelich. Come on, Yelich. Yeah. Hit it in the air, dude. Hit it in the air, and it's going 500 feet, Yelich. No, the X factor is Yelich's launch angle. It's not even Yelich because he's hitting the ball plenty hard enough. St. Louis Cardinals, tough one. Bullpen, of course, there's a couple of names back there. Gallegos, who they just extended, that's important. Helsley's definitely important, but I didn't go with the bullpen again. Offense, Goldschmidt's obviously crazy important. Arenado's crazy important. Brendan Donovan's crazy important. But again, on offense, I couldn't find a specific player that if he doesn't hit or not, you could go with Goldschmidt definitely, but like Arenado is going to be doing fine. Like there's just their offense is so, so good. And then on the same side, like Goldschmidt, Arenado, the defense is so electric. So I went to the rotation, right? It's Adam Wainwright, dude. Yeah. It has to be Adam Wainwright. You know, I think at this point, we know what Quintana is going to give you. Michaelis is a little bit in between. Also, so so is Jordan Montgomery. So who has to be the hammer for the Cardinals to go far in this in this playoffs? Adam, forty year old Wainwright, yeah. the Tom Brady of of baseball. He has to be the horse for the Cardinals to be a playoff con or they're obviously a playoff contender. He has to be the horse for them to win the World Series or compete at that level. He has to look like vintage Wainwright. And I think he can. But if he's the four and two thirds, six hits, six earned Wainwright, Cardinals can't hit enough to overcome that. Yeah, I, I think it's Adam Wainwright. And again, much like Charlie Morton, I don't think it's even close. So walking through it kind of same way you did, I have legitimately no concerns offensively because if one guy isn't hitting, they can replace him with another guy that can. That's how deep the outfield, the infield. Yeah, like... It's easy, man. I mean, Newt Bar, Burleson, they're all going to fucking be there. Like, you can just use one of them. Um, bullpen, they're too good. Gallegos, Helsley, list goes on there. Rotational depth, I'm not concerned about. Like, they've got the four guys that they can go to. My concern is top-end talent in the starting rotation. And when you look at top-end of the Cardinals starting rotation, it's Adam Wainwright. He's the one. I... <sighs> How do I want to put this? I believe Wayno can still be that guy, but I don't believe it as much as I did at this point last year. I believed it going into the NL wildcard game. I believe it right now, but I don't believe it like I did last year. We're on the same page. And if he does deliver, 
all-time performances, the Cardinals can be unbeatable. But if he flounders, early exit. Very similar to the Yankees. It feels like a tough start from Adam Wainwright would take the wind out of the Cardinals' sail, as opposed exactly. to a tough start from Michaelis or Montgomery or Quintana who'll say, we'll bounce back. We'll do it for Pujols and Yachty. But if the other old fart sucks, then everybody's going down with the ship. Very agreed. Dodgers is impossible. Yeah. What are you going to say? Um, you you're go a bunch of different. Answer. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to hate mine too. You can go a bunch of different directions here. What are the Dodgers built on? They're built on fucking everything. They have won a 110 games, the most underrated 110 win season in MLB history. They are approaching heights that we've never seen before. Seattle Mariners in 2001, you know, the Yankees that in '98 with 114 wins, like that's where they are right now with no Walker Bueller. Craig Kimbrell is terrible. It's unbelievable what the Dodgers do day in and day out in the regular season. So I thought to myself, who are the X factors here? Well, there's a couple of names. Trey Turner was not good in last year's playoffs. Will he bounce back? I expect him to. And even if he doesn't, the Dodgers are going to be elite. So I did say Trey Turner. Max Muncy is a great one. And that came from our guy, Cam, really good Dodger fan. He said that Max Muncy adds so much length to the lineup that if Max Muncy is hitting on top of these guys, they are not only an unstoppable offense, but an unstoppable, unstoppable, unstoppable offense. And I just came back at Cam. I was like, they're already unstoppable, unstoppable. So just adding a third unstoppable just like is almost overkill at this point. So I went to the starting rotation. I assume Arias. I assume Kershaw, where maybe I shouldn't, but I do. And I, I do. So there. <laughs> it's one of those things where I just assume it. And whether you believe it or not, I assume it. Tony Gonsolin, who just returned, I think is such a huge X factor for this team. If Tony Gonsolin can look like the regular season Gonsolin, who was in the all-star game, was a Cy Young award contender at one point. Sorry, Braves fans, it's over. I don't know what to say. Because if he is electric on top of this offense, on top of the bullpen, and you got a race in Kershaw, it's... It's impossible because then you, have, then you have Tyler Anderson too. And maybe that's why Gonsolin isn't the right answer here. But what am I supposed to say? I went with Tony Gonsolin. I like the answer. I don't love it. Convince me otherwise. Unless you're on Gonsolin too. No, you're going to hate my answer. All right. Who is it? I, I think so. I 40% believe it and 60% I just want to be a gremlin. <laughs> it's Joey Gallo. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. No, he's not. That's the thing. So I ask you to close your close your eyes. Close your eyes. Envision this right now. Late game. Fireballer right-hander. Rysel Iglesias. He can't hit high below. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying all it takes is one swing. Okay. 99, Rysel misses down the dick. Gallo sends a ball to Pluto at Dodger Stadium. What does that do for the LA Dodgers? They say, ah, dude, if Joey Gallo can hit bombs right now, there's no excuse for anybody else to suck. Can you change yours to Max Muncy? Because that's on the exact same wavelength. And like Joey Gallo is going to be a platoon guy for them. But Max Muncy, is a, that's a gremlin answer too. No, that's a good answer. Joey Gallo is a legit gremlin answer. That's a gremlin answer. But like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with the Dodgers, dude? Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm supposed to be a gremlin. They don't. They didn't have Walker Bueller. They didn't have Dustin May. And they still won a hundred and... 40 games. I'm going to be a gremlin about this team. Fine. Take Joey Gallo. I don't care. Padres. 
this was of all the teams this was the this was the answer that everybody had every single Padres fan had yes. it was either this player or this guy this player or this pitcher this guy or this other hitter it's Juan fucking Soto if Juan Soto doesn't go nuclear if Juan Soto doesn't go 2019 Nationals this Padres offense comes to a halt. You could say Blake Snell, but they have Darvish and they have Musgrove. Like even a bad start from him, you have other pitchers. Bullpen, you could say a bunch of those guys, but you even have Clevenger in the starting rotation too. Josh Bell is important. Brandon Jury is important. Manny Machado is important. But Juan Soto has to be the reason you want to give him $600 million in the playoffs for the Padres really to dominate. Yeah, I, this is a hundreds of millions of dollars swing for Juan Soto. Hundreds of millions, mm. hundred million dollar swing for one song. That hundred, like if he has a if he has a bad playoffs, he goes from five hundred fifty million to three fifty. I mean, that's too much. That's too much. So my thought is, if he sucks and they get swept in this wild card series again, that's only two games. Like you go from five hundred to maybe four twenty. Uh, are we doing too much there? Are we overreacting? Or is that reality? I don't know. He hasn't been good for the Padres. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm in a pickle. (laughs) We're in a conundrum right now. Yeah, Soto's the answer. What I will say is, for the sake of throwing out another name, because of the the wild card format again being best of three, I'm going to say Joe Musgrove. Um, Snell has thrown exceptionally well over his last couple of starts. Snell looks reborn, which is crazy. But I don't have much reservation about Blake Snell right now. You, Darvish, I'm done trying to forecast what this guy's going to do. Done. You, Darvish, against the Mets is DeGrom. Yeah, I like. I know he's going to go at least six innings. He's probably going to go seven in a wild card game. And whether it's five runs or two runs, I have no idea. You can flip a coin and you'll have a better guess than me. Um, my thing is Musgrove. I think he's gotten over that post-extension hangover. That was obviously super apparent. He stunk it up in his, you know, six, seven starts after the extension. But since then, he's bounced back a little bit. Um, But again, like, you only have three games max to win two. So if Musgrove, I assume he's going to be their game one starter in the wildcard series. If Musgrove sinks and they lose game one, do I trust this offense to snap off two in a row? Not at all. A good one. I think it's definitely a good one. This is also the one team where I seriously considered breaking my rule of no relievers. Josh Hader is incredibly important. I thought you were going to say Nabil Crispin. <laughs> well, he, he, they're all important. <laughs> Josh Hader is incredibly important for the success of this Padres team because you could get seven really good innings from Snell. You can get seven really good innings from Darvish or Musgrove. And it's three to two going into the Top of the ninth, bottom of the ninth, and you got Josh Hader on the mound. Could win or lose you games. That'll do it for this episode of Just Baseball Show. What an episode, X-Factors. We're going to be covering the playoffs nonstop on all of our social media channels on the Just Baseball Show. Jack and Arm are still continuing on the call-up. The top 100 MLB prospects doing more analysis there. Definitely go check out that podcast. NFL is still humming. Um, MLB best bets still humming on not gambling advice. Definitely go check that out and use code just baseball on prize picks. If you want to 
play some player props with us, especially during the playoffs. Now was the time to go get that 100% instant deposit match, as well as use code just baseball for diet smoke to get 15% off. Jack, I cannot wait for playoff baseball, October 7th. We are almost there. We're almost there. It's going to be absolutely electric. Nabil Chrismat was optioned on September 11th. I just had to check that out. So, yeah, certainly an X factor there. Uh, <laughs> tells you how much attention I'm paying to the Padres bullpen right now, not named Josh Hader. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited for, for postseason baseball. I'm going to get active in the tacosphere again. Remember what I was doing last year with, with every morning I was putting I out those it. postseason previews? Uh, I'm going to do it again. Promise you every day during the postseason that there's baseball games. Uh, if we do hit one of those days, you know, when we get to the World Series, when there's no baseball, might make a five second video just saying there's no baseball. Fuck. And that's it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you, everybody. <laughs>